Let's see. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Black Row Podcast. It's your girl, Anjanae Slaughter, here with my lovely co-host, Miss Carol Mitchell. You looking good and real presidential over there, Carol. I, I know. I got on my, my don't mess with me, I'm a lawyer outfit today. Here we go. <laughs> you've, been a lo- you've been doing a lot of supporting, lawyering lately, so it's suiting, definitely. Yep, and I yep, like that pun. You know. <laughs> Yeah, the having a collar and a jacket. Very few people have on clothes with a collar and a jacket. I was, on, I was on a Zoom court hearing yesterday and one of the lawyers said, do I need to put my jacket on? And the judge <laughs> said, no, it's cool. It's Zoom, you're good. <laughs> it was 90 degrees outside. So, hey, no problem. Come Yeah, well, we've jacket. been seeing a lot of people in blazers lately with this election cycle going on i mean everywhere i look i'm seeing pictures of people all looking very presidential um do you what do you let's talk about let's talk about this current election cycle we just made it through the primaries can i say i'm disappointed i'm just gonna go on record i was very disappointed all the way from the north to the south in the fact that we cannot seem to get any new faces in this game very Let's talk about it. Sorry. And you would have thought that you would have thought that with everything socially that's happened in this last year or two, um, here in Pierce County, here in King County, that we would see some real change. I mean, people were voicing, people were protesting, people were out there mobilizing, organizing. We saw a lot yeah. of new candidates running. Well, and this is this is one of the reasons why I am focusing my energy on 18 to 35 year olds because they have that great energy and focus, but it doesn't last very long. Mm. And so it's like, okay, the Freedom Summer Symposium was meant to sort of ground you in understanding that this is not just a campaign, this is a movement. It's a lifestyle. You can't tap out of the game Mm. at halftime. You're only at halftime. You got to stay (laughs) in the game and play it all the way to the end because the winner is determined at the end of the game, not not in the middle. And I think, you know, I want to keep younger people in the game, engaged, keep that energy going. And frankly, I think what you saw is you know, we had moved on, some folks had moved on to the next big thing. Mm. Yeah, well, that is, I can admit being a young person that that immediate turnaround, that immediate gratification is just something that <laughs> it's the new era and with technology and everything, we're used to convenience being at our next. fingertips. But the slow yeah. grind, the slow we- grind though, there's some beauty in the struggle. There's some beauty in the slow grind because it does take time to make lasting change. You know, we saw some emerging leaders come out and run campaigns this election cycle, right? We had Jamika Scott with, uh, you know, she spoke at our Freedom Summer Symposium. She ran her race in the mayoral race here in Tacoma. Uh, I, so we saw some other, Ann Artman, right? Um, yep, we saw Trayvon Dunbar. We, to the general. we interviewed so. with Chelsea. I mean, we saw a lot of young emerging leaders come out and say, you know, put their name in the hat, in the ring, right? And I don't, and I applaud them 
I really do applaud them for that. But you know, I think that some of the, the community kind of needs to take some responsibility for the results because I, and I'm just going to say it didn't, it didn't all fall on these candidates. We have to show up and we have to support them. There was a lot of people, we talked about it right here on the Black Girl Podcast, that were showing up to Mayor Woodard's house upset, right, about how things were happening when we were going through a homeless uh, crisis here in the city, right? But when we look at the results in the polls, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see any of that reflected. And I, you know, Mayor Woodard uh, deserves a lot of respect. It is not easy to hold a, ma- a mayoral seat in a, uh, a very stressful time that we've been going through at all, you know? But I'm just saying people, if we want change, we have to show up, right? And maybe maybe that's that's just what it is. We gotta, Carol, we have to just re-engage. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you, what do you think? Well, Is it like a- and I, and I just I just do not like the concept of people thinking they're entitled to be in a seat forever. You know, I'm so happy. I love term limits because it's like, look, if you can't get it done in eight years, I'm sorry, move and let somebody else try. And I recognize that there are some long range systemic problems where a person needs more than one term of office to be able to really impact it because it takes a year and a half or so just to figure out just to get settled just to and get where, the new... where's the men's room right <laughs> yeah. or, or the ladies room but look if you have been on the city council for eight years and now mm-hmm. you are in some other seat for four years and then you think you're supposed to be back in that seat it's like really yeah uh, part of what i think is the problem is um, candidates who have been in office, and I'm talking about all the way up through the federal level, they Mm. don't do any work to develop the next generation that's coming behind them. And they become, Mm. they get entitled, Mm. they feel entitled. This is my seat. And frankly, they may not know how to do anything else. And so where am I going to make this kind of money if I'm not doing this? Right, right. Because many of them, honestly, you know. This is their career. This is their career, right? This their is livelihood, their thing. absolutely. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Um, I question politics as a career choice, but for some people, it, it works for them. And some of them leverage those old uh, careers as politicians long after they're not even running anymore. But sometimes mm-hmm. you need somebody like, let's say, Denny Heck. Mm. to decide I'm not going to run for my congressional seat again this year. I'm going to step into a local realm. And what does that do? It opens up an opportunity for Marilyn Strickland. That's right. right? And so I, that's where I see the failure in the political system. Mm. Those who consider themselves the, you know, folks who are orchestrating all of the Pinocchio moves never seem to make a decide to make moves that bring in more diversity, a younger demographic. Yep. What what are you really leading or are you just interested in your own career? To me, that's not a leader. If the only person that's advancing is me, that's narcissism, honey. That's not leadership. <laughs> that's right. They gotta pass the torch. And you know, we young people are ready and we saw it. We're we're coming out. 
we're running. And, some, and sometimes without the support, without the training, just with the sense of urgency, just with that mm-hmm. leadership desire and energy in our souls that says somebody needs to step up and say something. Someone needs to be a face that represents these young Black men out here in the community that no one's listening to or that represents, Mm -hmm. you know, Black women, right, that are working three jobs just to make it, right? We need someone in those seats. So I, you know, I want to support. I want to, I want to see more leaders in the community that are looking to uh, educate, train up. We talked earlier, uh, Carol, about this formula. So like, you know, I worked in politics a little bit. What's and the formula? Because I mean, I, there's no, <laughs> there's not I really don't know like a, the formula. <laughs> there is a formula uh, to, to running. And this is what I've just learned, right? Through my time at being a campaign manager, being an organizer, even just being a volunteer, you realize that, you know, there's deadlines. Of course, you have filing dates, right? You need to actually network with people, get endorsements, fill out questionnaires, because those endorsements are just a way of reaching bigger grasp of people you know mm-hmm. this running a campaign starts long before you file you know you start mm-hmm. planting seeds right and you have to get funders you have to get people that believe in you if you're running on higher scale you know um, elections or campaigns you you might need the democratic caucus to support you to really get you past that line Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there, it's, there's definitely a formula to this. And if we don't know the formula and when I say we young black people that young black leaders that want to emerge and get out there and represent our communities, then we're going to see you're going to see the, the results in the elections. Right. Well, How do young new potential political leaders get access to that kind of information if because they're not clearly they're not in the mainstream political organization right they're they're outside of that whole framework trying to get in mm-hmm. so is it their responsibility to break the door down and say let me in here or is good leadership about prospecting outside of your current framework for new talent, for people who come with different skill sets. That's what makes a team strong, not not the inbreeding that I see going on inside of both political parties. They just inbreed. And you know what happens when you inbreed, it affects (laughs) (laughs) affects the mind. (laughs) That's why you're starting to see all these commercials on television with families all, you know, interbreeding (laughs) and interacting because there's strength that comes from that cross-pollination of difference and it seems like if you're not in that mainstream political framework doing what you're told waiting your turn which is what some some of the young folks call me about this year you know that they were told they need to wait their turn I said well do you think you need to wait your turn and if you don't then let the voters tell you if it's time for you or not. Just run your best campaign and let's see what the voters say. Uh, Now, in some cases, the voters said, hey, it ain't your turn. And so you have to take that and then uh, come back with a better game plan next time. 
But well, and my response to, to that you, though is, you know, people can have a lot of support, but they're still not being supported in the polls. And that means the people that are supporting you, you got to get them to vote for you. You know, mm-hmm. you can have you know, a lot of popularity. You can have a lot of Instagram followers, t- Twitter followers. If they're not voting, then it's not going to matter. You know, so we need to also work that angle, right, with our voter turnout, making sure that these people that are being most harmed, you know, which typically are the people that don't show up to the polls, but that need to, you know, they well, actually you do know, that. You know, I, I have my own internal game plan with my family. I feed those men and women, young men and women. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. even the ones who are not quite 18, yet they see that happening and they begin to understand that voting first of all is a privilege that people who look like me died for right the john lewis's of the world uh, got beaten up for the freedom riders were Mm -hmm. brutalized for the sake of the right to vote so first of all it's a privilege and second of all it's a power move yeah i don't want to hear you complaining about the fact that this law says you can't do this and that law says you can't do that. If you don't vote, don't talk mm-hmm. to me. If you're 18 or over and you don't vote, I don't want to hear your complaints. <laughs> don't talk to me. You I can't really sit with me if you don't vote. No, you can't come to my table with that. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. And, you know, I, it has to become a family expectation. Absolutely. Just a like trend, for us. If you will. Mm-hmm. You us, make it-, it was expected. We would go to college. It was expected we would pay for it ourselves. And it is expected in my family, when you get old enough to get that ballot in the mail, you will vote. That's an, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a Nana rule. Yeah, that's, yeah. They had to come in the house with the ballot in order to, <laughs> that was their admission. <laughs> <That was laughs> See, and I, you know, I wanna encourage people for the, the general election that comes up, right? We just oh, made it yeah. through the- primary we gotta make it all the way through let's make let's make fun with with voting right let's make it a trend let's share it on our social media sites and let's post it on snapchat instagram let's get let's make events out of it i know i'm gonna do that with my friends and family so i encourage you guys all to do that too the game it's not over you know and ibj i think we have a plan to to help you may be young leaders for um our design challenge participants from the symposium will be gathering them back together early September-ish. And we need to be getting them plugged in to planning those kinds of events that get young adults registered to vote and voting. Mm-hmm. That should be their fall assignment, that they're going to, they're go- going to increase the number of people in their demographic that vote and or that are registered and that are vote. registered to vote. I love it. Let's do it. I've been I've been helping people in the community register to vote. It's so interesting. You hear so many different stories on why, why people actually don't. why they don't, why they don't trust the system. And you know what? Every it sometimes people need exposure. They need multiple people, multiple instances that to be told um, this is important. You need to do it. Right. So even if you hit a roadblock with someone one time, this is just what I've learned in my experience trying to engage with people. Don't worry. Let them go. They'll, they'll someone else will touch their spirit. And if that person does it, 
then someone else will touch their spirit eventually. I think, you know, that's just what it takes. It just takes that repetitive, consistent, you know, voice from multiple people that understand the value behind voting. Well, your mama, your mama will know this, this uh, phrase, you know, one sows, one waters and one reaps, right? So, you know, sometimes it's going to take three touches, yeah. sometimes 30 before people understand. And especially people, for example, who have been incarcerated, who may have had their, their civil rights um, taken from them as part of their sentencing they need to know that there are they some still significant vote. shifts in the law, especially in Washington state. They mm -hmm. can legally vote. There's some yep. steps they need to take, but they can do it. You don't have to, I mean, to me, I don't understand why you're, tell me what is the connection between your civil right to vote and, you know, a DUI? How is losing your no. civil right to vote going to uh, somehow rehabilitate you from, you know, a bank robbery. I don't know. I, I can't see yeah. the, the nexus between losing your civil right to vote and some crime you committed. It's just a way of disenfranchising primarily black and brown folks and keeping Absolutely. them out of the political system. Absolutely. And someone's punishment should be, you know, it's over when you leave your it's jail. It shouldn't be over. It shouldn't be <laughs> continuous for the rest of your life. You're being that would punished be like, for your crime. That'd be like getting a divorce and every day you still waking up to that man. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, golly, I thought I divorced I thought I was you, bro. With you. And you still living in my house, <laughs> eating my food, drinking my water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no. So yes, that's in Washington, we- Does though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it does. But yeah, part of it's education, part of it is just reaching people. Nonetheless, IBJ, that's our mission. We're going to be getting some more of our young emerging leaders to start planning these fun social events around getting people registered to vote and actually voting. Um, so stay tuned for all of our progress and work with that. Carol, I just yeah. love having these conversations. I love that we're all, that we're feeling the same right now. You know, just a little disappointed in how things turned out. Um, but yeah. Were there still I, some I positive? Wanted, I wanted to see Tuolup, you know, make a bold move and put some color on their city mm -hmm. council, but no. No, they Lakewood. Didn't do it. Lakewood or, no. uh, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I don't live in those places anymore. It's frustrating enough to live in a part of the county where my county council rep does not represent me at all. I mean, not at all. We are so, and I think when you are the representative, it's your responsibility to try to represent your entire, your entire district, yeah. not just that part of it that voted for you. Once uh -huh. you're elected, you're responsible for the whole shebangabang. And that's yeah. called maturity. It's called professionalism. If you can't move your political thought process to include everybody in your district, well, then you're the wrong person for that job. Yeah. And we have to find a way to make sure the right people are in those jobs. 
It's true. It's so true. And, you know, I think that's just another reflection of how powerful our votes really are. Because once these elected officials, although it is unfortunate that they only listen to those that, that are voting for them, once we start playing a significant role in election cycles, our voices mm -hmm. will be stronger. They will be heard. They will be respected. I believe in that. And we don't, I mean, let's just test the theory and vote. <laughs> if yeah. you don't believe me, let's test it and we'll let's figure test it out. It. Let's test it in November on November 2nd, right? Let's just see. Here we go. If we start in September, doing some things we have this very right we can do a human-centered design project to I love how it. might we how <laughs> might we engage 18 to 35 year olds in the political process in such a way that we can see the impact of their involvement how might we do that i got some ideas <laughs> there's my there's my strategic question and I know you're gonna have a leadership role in working with our design challenge participants to get to an answer. But you got but you gotta to, you gotta get some rest today. Hey, you know the last podcast, I, I was so tired. I looked at that podcast, I said, Oh my God, somebody needed to give me a nap that morning, <laughs> that day. I was exhausted. No. It's like, whoa, that looked terrible. I didn't even want to comment because it looked so looked like I had well we showed up. We show up regardless <laughs> of how tired, energized, awake, sleep. We show up and we hopefully can feed our community with another perspective from a young, energized you know, motivated black woman and from a seasoned <laughs> energized <whiz. motivated. laughs> energized yes. black woman. Yes. Well, I want to go check and see how some of our candidates did in other parts of the state and um, see whether I can at least celebrate some folks. Although I saw even in Seattle, <laughs> same old names. Our show no, I did just get word that our friend Don Bennett made it through the primary. So, yeah. woo, kids, yes, show up, show out for Don, guys. We I have to. So that's happy. a huge, that's a huge move. Kent is one of those places that have always been, you know, primarily white leadership, you know, very closed and not inclusive. So, by and having a diverse City. Such and a diversity. I think the most diverse population in all of King County. So well, I, I told you, I asked, I asked on Twitter, you know, could our equity review index, which real quickly, uh, maybe we can end on that note that I have to give the county, Pierce County Council, their props because they voted and passed the equity review index. Mm. And there's, and we're going to have a citizen's committee okay. now now the committee will also be heavily dom dominated by by <laughs> county staff non-voting it's like just because you don't vote don't doesn't mean you don't influence what happens mm -hmm. in the room so this it'll be true. heavily dominated by county staff but uh one or two people from each part of the each district in uh in the county will formulate this this committee and so I'm excited about the fact that our county, 900,000 people almost, finally mm -hmm. has put in policy that equity and justice for all is a priority. So that's yeah. good news. But that is my first news. question is, 
as an now index. <laughs> I told you my first indicator is why is our county council all white and why is our county exec's office all white? And when those two indicators change, I will feel hopeful. Now, Until Carol, you know, you know where, where you landed when you asked those questions the last time. I know. Yeah. Those are my indicators of progress, are, though. Yeah. I am. I applaud it. I applaud it. Well, that's a step in the right direction. That is a good way to end today's episode. Thank you so much, Carol, for staying on top of what our county council has been up to and keeping us informed. Winning friends and influencing people. <laughs> That's what we do. That's right. Well, we'll keep you guys informed. Until next time, you guys have a great rest of your night. We'll see you Bye. later. Bye.